Hey weirdo, what's your superpower and how will you use it to change the world? Welcome to season two of Just Us Weirdos, a weekly serialized fiction podcast about learning to be heroic, no matter how weird your power might be. I'm Charlie White, the writer and producer of Just Us Weirdos, and I'm so glad you're joining me here for the story today. But before we get to the podcast, it's time for everybody's favorite podcast moment. The word from our sponsor. Hey Sam, it's September. Do you know what that means? Is it time to celebrate organized labor? Oh, uh, yeah, thanks organized labor. But I was talking about something else that happens in September. It's back to school time. But don't worry, you can be the coolest kid in school with the latest service from Shamazon, the My School Band. Yay! What is it? You know when you watch a movie and you know that things are about to go really well for the hero when the heroic music starts? Or that something really dangerous is going to happen when the music gets scary? Yeah. Haven't you always wanted that in your life? Yeah. Well, the My School Band is a special band that follows you around the hallways of your school to play the soundtrack of your life. Let's take a look at a school day with My School Band. I'm just having some fun on the playground. Oh, look at the little kid. I bet he's too scared to climb that really tall slide. I'm not scared. I'm gonna do it. Oh, oh my gosh, he's doing it. He's climbing all the way to the top of the slide. And, and now he's going down the slide. Look how amazing he is. Later that day. Now class, it's time for your history lesson. We're going to talk about what happened in 1814. And then we'll talk about what happened in 1815. This is so boring. If you're lucky, we may get to talk about what happened in 1818. Oh no, I have to go to the bathroom. Hurry back, or you'll miss what happens in the 1820s. I gotta hurry and get to the bathroom. Oh no, there's the line. I'm almost to the front of the line. I don't have to go to the bathroom anymore. Through all of these things, the My School Band from Shamazon will make your day better. Be the most popular kid in school with your own band, the My School Band. Charlie here again. I'd like to thank Shamazon, today's sponsor. I'm so grateful for all of the ways that Shamazon controls my life. Thank you. And now let's get to today's story. Previously on Just Us Weirdos, we saw the weirdos splitting up to follow different plans. The ninja, Teal Titan, and Graphene all decided to go to Binary Tower. Graphene wanted to find out what happened to Bernie Connors and try to get the Caduceus away from Mrs. Work. The ninja wanted to use the tack at Binary to build a machine to help find Butlerbot's head, which would also mean finding Dagny and probably Mrs. Ponzo. They made it into the ruins of Binary Tower, but not without attracting the notice of Binary Hunter drones. Before we listen to today's episode, I have a special word of warning for any boring members of the audience. 
today, we have not one, but two action sequences in the story. If you're old enough to complain about things like back pain, today's episode may be a little too intense for you, and we recommend relaxing in your car and setting your radio dial to static. But for everyone else, if you're okay having fun, just sit back, put a smile on your face, and think of something weird. It's time for issue 33 of Just Us Weirdos. Oh, green of joy. The near-powerless Beninja runs through the halls of Binary Consolidated. Behind him, Teal Titan and Graphene fight off the hunter drones. I need help, Graphene yells. Like, I'm out of Teal stuff, Titan says. A sound like a gunshot comes from down the hall as a grappling hook fires from a hunter drone. Graphene sees it flying to her and draws an X pattern on her legs at the same time as the grappling hook slams into her. She pops the X into reality and pulls on each side of it like a pliers that works the wrong way. With the extra leverage, she gets the grappling hook off, but now more drones are coming. Over there in the lobby, Graphene yells. There's a small art exhibit with a painting and two vases, all featuring a kind of turquoise color. Is that teal? Titan runs over to the art and says, I guess we'll see. She hefts one of the four-foot-tall vases in one hand and chucks it towards a drone. It moves as fast as a train in an end-over-end spiral and smashes into the flying robot which careens into another drone on the way down. A third hunter drone zips down the hall into the lobby and hovers in front of Titan. Warning, citizen. You are destroying artwork that is calculated as having a value greater than your net worth. Titan responds by picking up the other vase and smashing it on the hunter drone. The vase shatters into hundreds of pieces, but the drone is unfazed. Uh, Titan, Graphene says, I hate to tell you, but that last vase was pretty clearly blue. Like I know, Titan says, but it was still fun. A newly arrived binary hunter drone sights Graphene, but she dives out of the way and slides under a couch in the lobby. While on the floor, Graphene puts one hand on the cold tile and traces around it with a finger kind of like she's a kindergartner making a Thanksgiving turkey from a handshape. But unlike most turkeys, Graphene sketches a huge triangular spike on the top of it. She pops it off the wall and slides it onto her hand like a glove. The hunter drone flies to the couch and hovers low, readying its sticky foot cannon to blast Graphene at close range. But as it nears, Graphene reaches out one hand and grabs the sticky foot cannon, pulling herself out from under the couch. Then she brings back her other hand, wearing the spiky turkey glove, and slams it into the drone, sending it broken to the floor. Nice moves, Titan says. Like, come here. Titan has peeled the painting off the wall and ripped the canvas free from its frame. I think there's enough teal in this painting. Graphene runs over to Titan. What are we doing here? 
she pops another hastily drawn graphite shield off the wall just in time to block a sticky foot shot as Titan wraps the painted canvas into a hammock shape and yells, Climb in and get ready to punch. Graphene allows herself to be wrapped in the canvas until Titan lifts it above her head. She begins to swing it around her head. Wait, wait, did you make a sling? Graphene yells as she begins, as Titan snaps forward and Graphene begins sailing through the air. Yeah, and like, you're the bullet. In mid-air, Graphene slams her spiked turkey glove onto one drone. Then she draws a line on the back of another drone as she sails over it. She pops this line into reality straight through the drone's mechanics. That's four we've taken down, Graphene says. Yeah, but like 10 more are on their way, Titan yells. Let's head for the roof, Graphene says. We can lead the drones away from Beninja and look for a way to get to floor nine and a half when we go. Meanwhile, in a basement storage closet. Kirby Kuramoto, the Beninja, scans the dark storage room with a flashlight. Why do they never make it easy to find the light switches in these places? As he scans the room, some part of the back of his brain is already beginning to catalog the various tools, items, and pieces of equipment he sees around the room. He is subconsciously brainstorming how they might be useful and how they might fit together. He's not even really aware that he's doing that. The silence of the storage room is uncanny after all the insane activity in Kirby's life these last few days. Weeks. Probably months. Kirby listens to the nothing for a moment, then lets out a long, slow breath, recognizing it's the first time he's really paid attention to being a thing that breathes in a long time. He fills his lungs again and lets the air out slowly, slowly. He's not sure why, but tears come to his eyes. He clicks the flashlight off, so now he is in a place that is warm, dark, and quiet. Letting out another even breath, Kirby thinks of everything he feels like he has to do. His friends are in danger, and he should help. Dagny is flying around somewhere above them, and he can build a machine to find her. Bernie Connors is somewhere, maybe even in this building and he needs to be rescued. But as Kirby breathes, he thinks, I don't have powers. I have friends with powers. And there is so much I don't know. Normally, he might be worried by this uncertainty. But right now, it just sounds like a fact, and not necessarily something he needs to worry about. Kirby takes another deep breath in, and he imagines he can pull all of these different thoughts from all of the different places they're being thought of in his body, and that he can bundle them into a small ball in his chest. He imagines himself holding this ball in his chest for a moment, thinking of all the people who need him, thinking of all the things he needs to do. And then Kirby lets his breath out, and he lets the ball go with it. When Kirby had shaved his spike yellow hair off recently, it amazed him how he had felt so much lighter. 
but that was nothing compared to this. Letting all these worries go with a breath, Kirby feels so light that he almost wonders if his feet are going to leave the floor. He sinks down into a seated posture and begins to breathe, breathe, breathe. Sometime later, he opens his eyes. Though the room is still dark, he can make out many more items and shapes in the room. He has no idea how much time has passed. He may have even slept. Even though he's not using the flashlight, he's able to locate a light switch. And he turns it on. Kirby Kuramoto clears off a janitor's skirt to use as a workbench, and he gathers materials and tools. Using his memories of how ButlerBot was built, and a collection of digital and simple tools, and the kind of ingenuity the Kuramoto family is famous for, Kirby sets to work building a ButlerBot head location machine to help the weirdos find Dagny. While he's at it, he builds a few other tools that might just come in handy. Meanwhile, on the 18th floor of Binary Consolidated. We've taken out 14 drones now, but they just keep coming, Graphene yells. They've locked themselves in Mrs. Work's old office. Most of the furniture has survived the attack, but the windows all around the office have been shattered, and the drones are beginning to figure out that they can fly outside through one broken window and fly in through another where the girls have barricaded themselves. Like, look at that hole over there. Titan points to a perfectly square hole in the ground on the opposite side of a doorframe. It's an elevator shaft, but the main elevators are all behind them. Every single elevator in Binary Tower is out of commission after the NSC Genesis fight as Graphene and Titan had just learned before they had to take the stairs all the way to the top of Binary Tower. Graphene snaps her fingers. That's the executive elevator. It's the only one in this building that comes all the way to the 18th floor. I wonder... Graphene stands and darts away from their hiding place to the broken elevator. As she moves from the hiding spot, the hunter drones take notice and begin to track her. Graphene darts up to the edge of the elevator shaft and peers over, and her legs turn to jelly. The shaft extends almost 200 feet down through near darkness to the lobby and basement below. Graphene involuntarily steps back from the ledge, but then peers again. Titan, there's an opening halfway down the elevator shaft. That must be floor nine and a half. Titan is running towards Graphene and has rolled up the painting she took like a wet towel. She snaps it at a hunter drone that's aiming for Graphene and knocks it off course. Like, if they watch you go down there, they're just gonna follow you, Titan says. She wraps the teal part of the painting around her fist and punches another drone in the camera, her super strength smashing the drone through what's left of a wall. You need a distraction. Like, drones, follow me, she yells to the drones, slapping and kicking at them as she runs. Of the 14 new hunter drones that have been tracking Graphene until Titan, 11 now turn to face Titan. Warning, you have caused enough destruction to binary consolidated property that you will have to work for, calculating 180 years, 47 weeks, and 3 days to pay it all back. My dudes, Titan says, I'm totes a kid. I'm not even allowed to work. 
this gets the attention of all the drones. Teal Titan smiles at their cameras as 14 sticky foot cannons simultaneously swing towards her. The moment before the first cannon fires, Teal Titan gives the sloppiest salute Graphene has ever seen, and she makes herself fall backwards through the elevator shaft. Like, whoa! Graphene hears from the top of the shaft. All 14 drones fly to the elevator shaft, and moving almost as one swarm, they fly up in the air to reorient into a dive, and in one silvery line, fly down the elevator shaft to Teal Titan. A sound like an invincible girl falling almost 200 feet and landing on her teal-covered bottom crashes and echoes up through the elevator shaft. At the bottom of the shaft, just outside the door where you'd exit if this weren't a broken elevator, Beninja is waiting, calmly, in the basement. He's leaning against a wall with his arms folded. He looks more laid back than Titan ever remembers seeing him, and she quickly scrambles to her feet to join him, even though she wonders what he can do to help without his superpowers. He is standing next to a fire extinguisher and has what looks like a grenade belt over his shoulder. He's also wearing what looks like a boxy VR mask on his eyes, with weird wires and smaller boxes coming off of it. I finished the butler bot finder, he says. Butler bot's head is about right there. He points casually in the air, very nearly the top of Binary Tower. He doesn't look worried. Also, Titan, you better be careful. You have about 14 binary consolidated hunter drones following you. Want some help? Like, yeah. Beninja smiles and grabs an apple-sized dark gray rubber bag off the grenade belt and lobs it at the ceiling. As it hits, Teal Titan hears a beep, then a boom. The thing that looked like a water balloon explodes on the ceiling, and teal paint showers all around the hall. It covers nearly everything, including most of the 14 flying hunter drones with their sights set on the superheroes. I did some searching in the storage closet, the ninja says. He picks up the fire extinguisher and points it to a few of the drones that didn't get drenched. When he squeezes the handle, a huge puff of teal fog funnels out of the extinguisher and covers the remaining drones. They have gallons and gallons of the stuff that they use to paint the service elevator. Have fun! Teal Titan smiles and throws herself at the teal-painted drones. She grabs one in each hand. In the past, their motors had proven powerful enough to lift a person who tried to hold onto them. But with Teal Titan's infinite strength against teal-colored things, they're powerless. She throws each drone in a different direction toward another drone, and they cartwheel through the air, ripping one another apart as they slam into each other. Having grabbed wet paint, Titan's hands are now covered in teal. She uses this fact to punch a fist straight through one pizza box-sized drone nearby. It gets stuck on her fist. Another drone flies near, and she quickly uses her left hand to smeal teal paint on her face. Then she headbutts the drone out of the air. The ninja looks on and smiles. Teal Titan smiles back. She is covered from head to toe in teal paint, which she now uses to even greater advantage. 
she squats down, then uses her super strength to jump right through the ceiling. The ninja hears some crashing above them, then judiciously steps back into the storage room, just in time. From above, Titan crashes down on the entire teal-painted ceiling, and takes it to the floor on top of the other eight drones. Well done, the ninja says to an out-of-breath teal titan on her hands and knees in the midst of the wreckage. Like, that was fun, she says. I've put spreaders in these paint grenades, the ninja says, but we've only got three left. Here you go, he says, unshouldering the bandolier and handing it to her. And this paint cannon fire extinguisher will cover anything right in front of you. But it doesn't have very long range. Why don't you hold on to that for now, she says, pointing at the fire extinguisher. Beninja nods. I also started on a new costume and a mask for you, but I think... Teal Titan runs her fingertips over the paint covering her body. Like, I'm good for now, Titan says. Her teeth are the only thing that's not teal on her entire person. Meanwhile, at the top of Binary Tower. Graphene braces herself as she looks down the elevator shaft. Come on, Amina, she says to herself. You literally just did a freefall out of an airplane. This is nothing. She's given momentary pause by a noise echoing up the elevator shaft that sounds something like a basement ceiling being ripped down and used to crush eight robots. She shakes her head and says to herself, It's time to go. Taking a deep breath, she jumps into the empty elevator shaft. She places a hand along a wall as she falls, activating her graphetic manipulation power to leave a silver pencil line behind her where she touches. She falls for almost a hundred feet, until just before she gets to the mysterious door halfway down the shaft, and she activates her power and pops the silver line into reality. Her hand tightens around what she's drawn, which has become a bungee cord-like rope that slows her to a stop. Trying not to look up or down in the middle of this wrecked elevator shaft, Graphene grips tightly onto the rope with her left hand. She uses her right hand to sketch another pair of reverse pliers, like the ones that freed her from the grappling hook. She pops these into reality and uses them to force open the titanium elevator door marked 9.5. She's shaking from the fear of height, but she manages to get the door open and step in to perhaps the strangest room in all of Binary Consolidated. Had Amina brought herself to look up before she stepped through, she would have seen something potentially stranger. The albatross is a seabird with a wingspan of nearly ten feet, and is usually not found in this part of the world. But when you give an albatross superpowers, their wingspans can reach up to sixteen feet, like the one currently flying above Binary Tower. And by the way, when you mind control them using a computer system like the one Micah Ponzone owns, they'll go wherever you want them to. They'll also perform stranger tasks, like allowing Dagny work to ride on their back, as this albatross happens to be doing. You would think that everyone who's currently near the ruins of Binary Tower 
would notice the sight of a 16-foot-wide bird flying around the city of Quadropolis, especially an albatross with a girl on its back. And normally people would notice this, but this is not the only unusual thing happening in Quadropolis right now. A normally invisible jet is becoming visible, and a small battalion of superpowered animals has begun to parachute from the plane to the streets of Quadropolis below. Dozens of snot rhinos, laser gators, grappling gorillas, and rope sloths, along with a massive tiger that the weirdos haven't yet seen, are now descending to the streets of the city. So with this particular distraction, no one in Quadropolis is looking at the mighty albatross that has landed atop the ruins of Binary Tower. Without any witnesses besides you, dear listener, Dagny steps off the back of the giant bird and into the ruins of her mother's corporate office. And that's issue 33. If our math is right, we have five issues left this season. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, dear listener. You can find us online at JustUsWeirdos.com and interact with us on Facebook and Twitter at JustUsWeirdos. We love to hear from you. And as we draw to the end of Season 2, we want to hear your theories. What do you think is going on? Is Dagny a villain? What's going to happen next? We want to know what you think. Thanks, as always, to Joe Carnwath, who wrote and produced our original theme music with Trumpet by James Carnwath. Check out Joe's music online at Spotify or at joecarnwath.com. The song you're listening to right now is Cinderella, used by permission from Love Hustler, who you can also find on Spotify. Thank you for listening. And remember, be kind, be creative, and most of all, be weird. See you next week, weirdos. Weirdos.